But good morning, everyone. My name is Tommy. I am not Clayton Grenfell. I would love to start by having us pray for him and his family. Yesterday, he took flight in a plane <laughs> to Arizona to take part in a uh, two to three week uh, medically supervised fasting session at a facility that does that with trustworthy people um, and, uh, and we are trusting that a lot of things in his body will begin to get sorted out in ways that they could not have apart from doing something like that. So let's pray together. Father, we lift this man and his family up to you and his wife specifically. In the name of Jesus, we declare grace and comfort and bodily correction and resolution that more will get done in a short period of time than any of us have any thought toward, any of the doctors have any thought toward, that there will be surprises and that people in that facility will leave with a better understanding of Jesus and his love for them than before he got there. Amen. Thank you, everybody. I would like to say that I am trusting that this morning we have been set up because those songs we just sang, we just sang about the goodness of God and we sang, Great is Thy Faithfulness and then Waymaker. We basically just sung spiritual cheat codes. I'm not kidding. It's powerful lyrics and it doesn't always matter what this isn't in my notes. It doesn't always matter what you mean to be singing. Sometimes you're just saying it. It's surprising that sometimes the words you sing can end up teaching you. On the heels of Thanksgiving, with Ken preaching last week about the mindset and effect of giving thanks, it was hard for me not to take notice of what was happening in the room. Because the effect of giving thanks, the act of giving thanks, changes the spiritual atmosphere. You may have noticed your thoughts start to change. You may have noticed you having a different perspective on the events in your own life. It does something to rework your expectation of what's to come. People stood up here and thanked the Lord for things, and all you do is expect more thanks. What's happening is you're getting a taste of heaven's perspective. Your mind is being renewed. It's scripture in action. I personally love it when I encounter something that I, oh, that's in the Bible. I can read that and then I can go see it. That's what I want to focus on is mind renewal. I'm going to start in Ephesians 4. If you have a physical Bible, you can turn there. If you have an app, you can click there. I've never heard anybody say that, so I wanted to. Uh -huh. I'm going to start in verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, 
and he pulls no punches in the rest of this passage. In the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being, being alienated from the life of God, this is talking about having a veil put over their minds, because of the ignorance that's in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Okay, verse 20. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man who was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness." I apologize for any sounds that my mic makes. My baby ears are not the best size for this thing. So it might dangle a little. It's allowing heaven and the mindset there to permeate your thoughts and share with you God's perspective of the events and situations in your life. To illustrate something at that point, I'll share a story with you, and I'm a storyteller, so you will hear a few of them. I was on the side of a mountain with some guys years ago, and we were overlooking this beautiful valley scenery and joking about who could see what clearly and who couldn't, because it was really joking about who was getting old and who wasn't. And I said, well, it can't be me getting old. I have a lazy eye. One of them doesn't focus. So I have an excuse, and I wasn't kidding, I do. But that plays into this. One of the guys there offered to pray for my eye to be healed. And I had had prayer for it before, but I was like, sure, load me up. Glad that was the first thing that came to your mind. So he goes to pray, but he said something different. It wasn't a formula, and it wasn't a structured prayer but it caught my attention immediately. He says, heaven laughs at this problem. And then he laughed. And then he encouraged me to laugh. So I, you know, I did. He goes, heaven's not laughing to make fun. They're laughing because the enemy tries so hard to twist God's plans and to mess with God's people, that he does something like this. And he says the words, it's ridiculously futile. How does that not stick with you? He says the power of the cross defeated this, and we get to live in the victory of that. He was contending, and he was expecting I didn't think that way. I wanted to find people like him and get around them. He had heaven's perspective. I'll be honest, my eye wasn't healed that moment, and it's still not. But God used that moment to lead my thoughts and expectations in a different direction. I began to meditate more on 1 Corinthians 10.5 and work on taking thoughts captive 
that lined up more with my own expectations than what Scripture said. That is a journey. There are more opportunities to follow God's leading in the process of, renew of Him renewing your mind. And my challenge to you is, are you catching on to those opportunities? The room goes quiet. There is a reality to these opportunities that isn't that pleasant, and that's that they're risky. There's a risk you'll be wasting your time with unproductive or crazy thoughts. There's risk that if you follow through with the thoughts that seem to come from God, that people will look at you differently. And I have good news. They will. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, As believers, we have the mind of Christ, and people looked at him in different ways once his earthly ministry started. But differently can go both ways. There are a couple risks that have made a lot of difference in my own journey of mind renewal and some strategies. One risk is trusting that God is better than I think he'll be. And another is believing in the reality of the supernatural realm and committing to live my life in a way that reflects that. There are more times to trust and risk that came out of those, plenty of them, but a lot of them started with those two. I'm a big fan of testimonies, which comes as a surprise to probably no one in the room. But it's not just the big story of how Jesus entered your life. That's the story of how your life with him began. It is not the end of your story. It is the highly decorated with calligraphy chapter one of your story. I praise the Lord if you have that story. Or that chapter, I mean. I love any story of how you recognize God's activity in your life. I hope you have 50 million testimonies. My favorite ones are the stories that can only be attributed to God's work. And you can put miracles in that category. It changes me inside. And I know that it changes you inside. Because it brings the resurrection power of the cross and the miracle that Jesus performed there. It brings that power to the person who shares it and the person who hears it. Because the meaning of testimony is, and you have heard me say this many times, do it again. You might say that words have power. I heard a burst of miracles, a burst of miracle stories in a short period of time years ago and I was talking with my wife, and we were saying things like, why don't we hear about these more often? If God's out there doing them, and they're real, then where are they? So we decided, meaning we turned aside to the thought, and I intentionally parsed that out. We turned aside to that thought. We decided to go look for them and not just have them come to us. So for a little while, 
we determined that instead of going on the internet and doing whatever we would normally do in our spare time, whenever we were on the internet, we would go straight to YouTube and search recorded miracle testimonies. But there's a lot of weird stuff out there. So how do you trust it? Here's another risk. We said we're never going to get to the real stuff if we don't take a chance that what we see might be true. But even that is still on the fence. Now the skeptic is speaking. Out of the two of us, that's me. I like to think it, I used to be more of the skeptic and I'm less of one now. We ended up saying, if God is good enough to do the miracles, why can't he be good enough to do the ones that we find? Let's trust him for that. There will be some we don't understand, and there will be some that seem too good to be true. But let's believe and let our spirits do the checking. We started watching, and we got hooked. And there, there were bad quality videos. <laughs> And there were weird people. But there were themes. It was like listening to a country music song in reverse. People kept getting all the stuff they loved back. And then some. I knew there would be a couple left here and there. It fed our motivation to trust God to be better than we had ever thought in every situation. If God is not better than I think he'll be, <laughs> so I'll keep going while Josh does this. Thanks, buddy. We'll see if that works. He says I have a weird ear. If God's not, thank you, if God's not better than I think he'll be, then there's a chance he'll fail me. That's a tough one. And the goodness, and there's a chance that the goodness of God has boundaries. I rob myself and the people around me of heaven being reproduced on earth when I put boundaries I thought this might happen I'll start that again I rob myself and the people around me of heaven being reproduced on earth if I give God boundaries in my thinking. Just so you know, I cried about 25 times this, this weekend rehearsing this. The boundaries in my thinking should be the boundaries in his thinking. 
The boundaries in my thinking should be the boundaries in his thinking. And I haven't found those yet. But a lot of the time, uh, never mind. My experiences don't dictate his boundaries. My thinking sometimes dictates what I experience, though. I did a crazy thing earlier this year. Carly and I had been talking about our finances. We were talking about expenses that were coming up. And we looked at our bank, and we projected out, and they didn't match. Full disclosure, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about our money. Some, but not a lot. It's for better and for worse. But I know God thinks about our money, and I know he's not worried. After this particular conversation, I went out for a walk with my dog. It's a great thing to do when you're not sure about something. <laughs> and I added up those numbers that we had just talked about, and I said, okay, Lord, here's the number. I'm trusting you for this. And I had to say it a few times before I believed it. Ever been there? To the executives in the room, it probably wasn't a lot of money but it felt like a lot. And I felt like a lunatic thinking it and saying it out loud. It would be the biggest influx of income that we had ever had. <laughs> and half of it came within two weeks. And then a few months later, the other half came in. We had to put money away. I don't know why it didn't take longer to happen. I know that might sound opposite, but I don't know. I had done my best to expect it, but on my own timeline, whatever that was, Heaven was laughing at that problem and my perspective of it. He is better than we think he'll be. The second risk was believing in the reality of the spiritual realm. Sometimes, in the process of learning about spiritual things, you make a decision that piques your interest and makes you keep pulling the thread. This will be great to share. I had watched horror movies for years, and I saw no problem with it, as long as I wasn't hurting anybody. It began to be a problem, because my wife was having nightmares, and she had a problem with it. Her opinion was that my hobby was contributing to her nightmares. We didn't agree. <laughs> we continued to not agree because I kept watching them. I was convicted enough at some point because I didn't want to keep hurting her, and I stopped. And it probably felt like an eternity for her. 
guess what? Her nightmares slowed down. And then eventually, because of some other actions we took, they stopped. But nothing had penetrated my heart. It was just a data point in my head about the unseen spiritual connection in marriage. I didn't have revelation of it, so it was like my, there was a veil over my eyes to it. But it was a part of the beginning of my mind being renewed to think from God's perspective in my marriage and in my family. The rest of it, the revelation of it, didn't come as gradually. <clears throat> Excuse me. It came in an instant. I have been taught a lot about the spiritual realm over the years in this church, but I still had a lot of questions. I still had plenty of things that didn't make sense. I was still arguing about things with my wife. Poor girl. I was convinced that none or most of my personal decisions only affected me. Not my marriage, not my kids. Just me. But God woke me up to something that people have been talking about around me for a long time. If we are spiritual beings, we cannot make choices that don't have spiritual consequences, positive or negative. What had happened was I was sitting in my car outside this building and I turned on a song. It had great God-honoring Christian lyrics. And I will put it this way, very intense music. That was my style. As long as the lyrics are good or sound good, you're fine. And for the first time ever, it rubbed me the wrong way. And I heard a voice in my head say, this is not worship. This is not feeding your spirit man. And I saw a picture in my mind of a withered man, skin and bones, in a standoff against some very strong-looking people. And I knew right away that that was my spirit man. And he needed to be fed truth, often, to stay healthy. I became aware that I'm responsible for what I feed my inner man. I'm responsible for that. If you're responsible for a person, you don't deprive them of food. The risk was that some parts of my life were now options to go on an altar of sacrifice. And I didn't want a lot of those to be options on an altar of sacrifice. I wanted them. I had a choice to put them there and trust that God would change things for the better or to not. Things like how I used my free time or the casual words I used or what I did at home when my kids were around me, or what I, did, what I listened to in the car on my commute, or any of the movies or TV, uh, TV, uh, you know, TV shows. It's pretty hard to say TV show, isn't it? Any of those things that I exposed myself to, they all had to change. To quote the wise Ben Parker, who some of you may know as Uncle Ben from Spider-Man. <laughs> With great power comes great responsibility. When God presents you with an altar to lay something down, 
He's also already starting to give you the grace to do it. He's waiting patiently for you to make a move that agrees with that. And watch things happen. Amen. We have a couple of minutes left, but can you hang in there with me? I will also want to share a strategy for the moments when you have thoughts that you can turn aside to. In the process of learning to hear God's voice for you and practicing hearing it, because after all, it is practice. Every time you do it is practice. You'll make choices that feel like one-time choices because you're not expecting them. And that's part of their nature. They come by surprise, and you more or less have to realize that you're even thinking them. Since you don't plan for them, sometimes those moments pass without a lot of thought, which doesn't set us up to stay consistent in the process of recognizing those thoughts as his voice. You haven't done anything wrong at that point. You just haven't positioned yourself to strengthen that muscle. The Lord is always speaking in all kinds of ways. A strategy that has helped me get stronger in recognizing when God's trying to communicate through various ways by the Holy Spirit is simply asking him to continue doing it if it's, in fact, him. It's simple. God, if it's you, keep doing it and clue me into the fact that it's happening. Consider that Proverbs 25.2 says that it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out. In the kingdom of heaven, as believers, we are royalty and priests. So those kings are us. Hallelujah. Jesus is still the rabbi, capital R, operating through the Holy Spirit, putting you, at times, in situations to see how you'll react. We tend to call those tests, which sounds like a bad thing, but they're situations. It's an opportunity to see if you'll search to find him in it and what the purpose of it is. The first time I can remember this happening is still a strong impression within me. I was sitting at my desk at work years ago, different place, and a muscle in my arm starts to twitch. And I had grown up with muscle twitches all over my body, and so I was used to them, but sometimes they frustrated me because I was like, I want to be normal and not have these. And that went into adulthood, and so at that moment, I was frustrated that I had been learning about the supernatural realm and the Holy Spirit manifesting in different ways in people's bodies. And I had a brand new thought that maybe, possibly, the Lord was trying to get my attention and let me know that he was present in that office with me. I wasn't listening to worship music. I, wasn't, I didn't have a Bible open. I wasn't praying. I was working, and here comes this thought. So I said, Lord, if it's you, keep doing it. By that time, the twitching had stopped, but it started again. 
and it felt twice as intense and twice as fast. And I wasn't fully convinced that I had learned something just from that, but there was a chance that it was a direct response. And it was motivation to continue treating situations that way when I wasn't sure if I was hearing from God or not. He has responded again and again and again. There I go again. I told you, my ears are great for this. He said your turn. Thanks, Kevin. Awesome. Oh, I think it feels better than when you did it. <laughs> Careful. He has responded again and again because he will spend all the time you give him to increase your ability to recognize his voice and his activity in your life. Give him opportunity to show you and be open to what he might do. We try to do it on Sunday mornings too. When we're worshiping and sometimes we sense that we shouldn't move on to the next song just yet, we did, we did it today. Or shouldn't end worship even when the last song is done, or even, God forbid, when we shouldn't end a ser- or continue with the sermon the way it was planned. We're practicing turning aside to those thoughts that might be coming from the Lord and seeing what the Holy Spirit does in response to that. In essence, we're saying, God, if this is you, we'll throw the whole plan out right now and give you time to do your plan. We come with one that we feel came from him, and we ask him to wreck it if he wants to do something different. If we're not paying attention and risking, at least at some level, we lose the chance to have him invade our morning. And maybe this will make me new friends, but if we're not seeking a heavenly invasion as a church, we should close. This is a journey of thinking more and more like little Christs. I'm talking about the word Christian. Jesus shocked his disciples at first because his mindset was so different. They couldn't understand it. When you're operating with a renewed mind, what are you going to trust God for? How different is it going to look? What's going to seem possible? What's going to seem worth contending and expecting for? What's going to bother you? Because it's not like nothing will. Did you come here this morning expecting to leave the same way you were when you came in? I'm going to close this by saying that I feel that there is an opportunity to respond to this, to take a step in faith. So if this has spoken to you and you want to pursue more mind renewal to reflect the way heaven thinks, I would love to pray for you and I'm going to ask you to stand. You don't have to stand. 
to make me feel good. Close your eyes. And I'm going to ask you to put your hands out in front of you, like you're receiving. Holy Spirit, you change us. The word says we have the mind of the king of heaven. So in his name, I declare new ways of thinking and new expectations and new hobbies and closer families and crazy boldness. Into the minds of your people I pray that at some point we end up realizing that we are part of a mind revolution that God had in mind since before the beginning of time. Come and renew our minds. In Jesus' perfect name, amen.